Football is a game of aesthetics. It's all about what does it look like? Football is a game of tradition. The man who wins the penalty can't take it. <laughs> Football is a game of passion. Oh, bollocks, Villa have scored. And that is why we love it. Fuck me, why is this stupid game back? I think that was a real low point for me in my life. It's time to turn the volume down. Goals scored by new signings are the only ones that count. Penalties don't count, and Mamoru Saku having an absolute howler. That doesn't count either. The worst 90 minutes of football in Premier League history. He's oh, a fraud. Sedan's a fraud. Everyone's favourite statistical fraud. Brendan Rodgers. All about the aesthetics, that's what Absolutely. I like to see. That is just a bit of stat padding. Individual sport masquerading as a team game. Look at his Instagram, he's the ultimate beat of me. BBC Sport decided to advertise their TikTok account. Yuck. Yuck. <laughs> it just doesn't get any better than that. Hello and welcome to Under the Floodlights this week on the show. Poor Deli Ali's year keeps getting worse. First he's left out in the cold by Jose Mourinho and now allegedly dumped by his girlfriend because he quote, spent too much time playing Fortnite. Thoughts and prayers, big fella, thoughts and prayers. Thomas Tuchel's thrown Chelsea into serious contention for a Champions League place as they're unbeaten in his first 10 games. Liverpool's season hits a new low as they lose again and have been trolled on TikTok by Crew Alexandra. Will this season ever end? Does Man United ending City's win streak to move 11 points behind them mean that Manchester's red? Grant Xhaka gives us another vintage Arsenal moment and referees continue to make it up as we go approach to the handball law. My name's Darren Scott. I'm joined with Bailey Hutchinson and Christopher Ringle. Boys, good to be back with you again. Darren's got a smile on his face right now, which is which we weren't expecting. That's a concern. Like, uh, <laughs> genuinely, um, I decided, we are recording on Sunday the 7th of March, I had decided at full time in today's Liverpool game that I was going to tuck into a big tub of ice cream on today's pod, and um, have made the, the last minute decision not to do that, and to take a more positive mindset into this. Um, but we're not going to start with Liverpool. Uh, we've obviously taken a couple of weeks off for some personal reasons. Uh, my request for an extended period of personal leave was denied by the two of you, so here we are, we're good to go. And the Manchester Derby was played. What a game. What a game. Like, cause Super Sunday recently has had a real run of stinkers. And especially Manchester United have had a real run of stinkers. A few nil-nils. Gary Neville gurned in the week that Man United can lose games, they can draw games, but they can't be boring after the nil-nil against Palace, which was a terrible game in the fog. <laughs> and then after, what was it, 100 seconds maybe? The referee lit this game up with a penalty uh, decision for Bruno. Great, great stuff. Yeah, so obviously for context, uh, Manchester United uh, beat Manchester City 2-0 today. That ended Man City's, I think, 21-game win streak. Um, I could be wrong yeah. with that. I believe it's 21. Um, so they've brought that to an end uh, and I think now solidify their place in second uh, in the league, 11 points well, behind Manchester City. Um, well, who are continuing to run away and I guess that, that was the big question for me is that does this result really matter? <laughs> Not um, at all. <laughs> Not at well, all. Well, 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 it does a wee bit because it shows that Leicester and United are better than the other teams around them and they have, they have as I've said a few weeks ago, they have made that assert um, those those two places. Um, I have to say though, um, it is probably the worst way that you can measure performance but the BBC Sport like player reader system. Um, been a, <laughs> no, there's been a no. bit of a scandal in this today um, after the, the derby. Now, every man, like I'm, I'm just saying that, like I think his mates back home have got involved here. Every player in the Man City team has got a rating of between three point seven nine and four point eight six, except for John Stones, who has a rating of nine point three two. There's something, there's something fishy there. 
Um, Oz Pasley have, have got involved here, I think. That BBC one's great. That was just reactionary fans at their best. Like, that is oh, yes. great, great Highest rated content, comments so is where you go to, yeah. Uh, <laughs> one of the themes that kind of came out of the Manchester Derby was, obviously, we've praised um, Ilkay Gundogan for a number of weeks, as a lot of people were keen to remind us in the DMs last week. Um, uh, but, but sort of an emerging theme that came out of this game is that Luke Shaw said... <laughs> Sit down, Ilkay. I've put my name in the hat for Player of the Year. Wow. Well, yeah. it, well is, is he that level? I mean, I don't know about that. No, well, um, the, if you look on Twitter now, the past few games Luke Shaw's played, anytime Luke Shaw plays well, Roberto Carlos starts trending on Twitter. <laughs> which is a lot to say about what, what Man United fans do when hyping well, up a player. <laughs> so, best LB was trending on Twitter this afternoon. Well, so here's the thing, right? Luke Shaw... Luke Shaw always had the potential to be um, a world class left back. Like his issues have been that he got brutally injured and broke his leg uh, in the Europa League, I think, one year. He um, also spent a little bit of time probably. looking quite overweight. Oh, Jose yeah, Mourinho reminds you of that. Yeah, yeah, he, he didn't really get on with Mourinho, but he was he was still quick um, to his credit. I mean, I still think Cancelo's probably had a better season, but I mean that that's just. But he but, he's. Like he's a free roaming player. Like he doesn't have positions. Yeah. So I can't. I can't claim anything on him. And he was at fault for the second goal. And of course, oh, recency <laughs> bias in football means that therefore that weighs well, more Dave. against him in his stock than anything else. That was Dave. the most recent thing that he did. Therefore, he's now not the best left back in the league because of that one action. That's <laughs> yeah. how the football world works. Yeah, he's complete fraud. Now, what what Guardiola is doing with him doesn't work. No. We've we've worked them out, so I have. Yeah. I actually think Matt Target's been one of the best left backs as well. But yeah, no, like it's he, he's been really good. Yeah, fair play to him. Yeah, and it's I, I, I'm I'm gonna take credit for it a bit as well. Ever since I oh, called him right. James Corden, he's been on fire. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I I've lit a fire underneath him. Um, something that I don't know if you guys uh, noticed during our week off, uh, there was an incident with Manchester United's official Instagram. I don't know if any of you um, <laughs> saw this. But there was an incident where they went live on Instagram from the back pocket of somebody who worked in the social media team. This person clearly went live by accident and it was just a black screen and you could hear like a microwave going and I think they were just making their lunch in the microwave and, and popping the kettle on. And um, this went live to their however many million followers and 37,000 confused people tuned in to see what was going on. <laughs> Probably hoping there was like a contract announcement, yeah, or something to be made. I mean, that's a social media right. team's nightmare. No, well, even even better because United's social media team are actually apparently doing quite well, according to what their that latest, mean? according to their latest financial accounts. You'll love this one, Chris. So normally we hear in like the financial accounts how, how well a club's doing in terms of money. So the the, the main takeaways I saw in a tweet this week about uh, United's financial results were revenue down 7%, debt up 16 profit down 7 but the club's November launch on TikTok achieved the fastest growing following of any football club on the platform. Nice. <laughs> so, that, so whoever's what running those accounts is doing wonders. Sorry, what does, a, what does a football club or player put on TikTok? So, well, I've just looked it up. Manchester United have 1.8 million followers and 17.9 million likes on the platform. TikTok, right. their most recent video is uh, was a what looks like um, the female team doing some keepy uppies with um, 
remember the name music. I don't know if you remember that. It was on every tribute for every footballer like eight years ago on YouTube. Um, so where do you think, obviously, City are, are still 11 points clear? Um, they, you know, it's put an end to their win streak, but where does this leave them for the rest of the season? Because there's obviously the conversation around when you lose as a team that's running away with things, when you lose, it's almost a benefit because it kind of reignites your your drive and your motivation to go on. Obviously, they're still competing in four fronts and, mm. and could realistically win four trophies. This result means nothing, I don't think. Like, this is a team that's won 21 games in a row. They're going to walk away with everything here. Doesn't matter. It, there's a weird thing. Oli has a stunning record randomly against Man City. Don't know if you've seen this, but uh, the, the guy I've just doesn't lose. That, yeah. So he has, he just gets results against City, but yeah, City will still walk away with this league title and then will bottle it at some stage in the Champions League and then their entire season will be worth worthless. I don't know. I, I think they've genuinely got a good chance of winning all four. Um, <laughs> I, I, I really do think they're... They're the business, really. Um, but but I think I think this is the problem with support. That you know, this is actually like philosophically, this is partly why I support West Ham. You know, because if you if you if you're a Man City fan in 2008, right? You know, you've got all this to look forward to. You're at this stage now. You're you're the best in everything. Pep, if Pep wins all four trophies, you know, does he retire? You know, is that it? That he's achieved all he is to achieve in life? You know. I, I, like, like good, good for them that they're doing so well. I wouldn't want to be in their shoes right now. I mean, I like that that brings up the conversation of you can win whatever you want. Football won't make you happy. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, you know, like, you know, they'll, 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 reach, they'll reach the top of the mountain and just realise it's a bit of a faff to get down the other side. <laughs> Fair enough. I think that's a great point, Chris, and a good message for any young people who maybe want to get into the game choose a team that will never win something because you'll always enjoy it more with the hope and optimism that yeah. it might get better than you will when it actually does yeah. don't, don't, don't have dreams never climb that mountain there's no point some days you're going to be pushed over the edge yeah. and you're going to come tumbling down it's nicer to look up at a mountain than it is to be at the top and look down it's a better view <laughs> Um, wow. You know, uh, talking about a team here at the top of the mountain falling down, um, Liverpool Football Club are just getting worse. For you, look, it it it, it was it wasn't good, but I I actually uh, you know you, I had some the in the week you know as um, we were chatting about um, Phil McNulty on BBC Sport, who is just the <laughs> ultimate the ultimate despite the fact that he is paid by the taxpayer. The ultimate <laughs> clickbait journalist. I mean, any time, oh, oh, what a catastrophe. Everything is, ter- you know, before that Fulham game, Liverpool had won one game less than Chelsea and uh, Everton and two less than West Ham or something. I mean, they're hardly like, you know, it's not been a good defence, but I mean, stop getting, stop writing for the clicks and stop being such a recent person, you know? You've got, to, you've got to trigger them. So you do. Know, that's what Phil's doing. He, he's writing Triggered "Give me. me sport" articles. So he is basically on BBC, just trying to, just trying to trigger those fans who are going to go, "Oh, they've, they've lost one nil. Oh, game over. The apocalypse is here. Klopp's leaving. The front three's leaving." Oh. Yeah. And I don't want to spend too much time really going into all of the games because I think I said this on a previous episode. Um, 
I don't want to get into the habit of just repeating ourselves week after week. And what's happening with Liverpool is pretty much the same every week. They play okay football. It's not that any team completely outdoes them and and they get hit because they're not great defensively and and they're struggling for goals. That's the same thing we've been saying for a month. Um, So with that in mind, I did want to bring up some of the more unique nuances relevant to this game. Um, to at least help us stay relevant and you were talking there about uh, McNulty kind of using this sort of recency bias trying to trigger people and those sorts of things well it's clearly working because I've seen a link to a GoFundMe page set up by some Liverpool fans who are trying to raise money to buy Mbappe this summer <laughs> how much have you put in Aaron? pardon? because if you, are, if you aren't contributing to that cause then you're against the team you don't love your club if you haven't put money into that fund I haven't put money into that fund. <laughs> because how, how because fund believe happens? it or not, Bailey, that money's not actually going to Liverpool <laughs> Football Club's Mbappe fund. That has been set up by some punter who's probably yeah. linked his bank account to it and is now yeah. profiting off uh off a club in turmoil. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do quite like the idea though that, you know, during the pandemic there, you know, Captain Tom was breaking records for GoFundMe pages. I would love the idea of Liverpool fans breaking that record for the hope for fingers crossed Mbappe might want to join us if we <laughs> got enough together. Yeah. Well well no not a chance. I have a couple of questions, Darren. Um, yes. First of all, what, what's the point of signing this guy from Preston if you're still going to play Reese Williams and... <laughs> well, well, first what, of all, Chris, as I often have to remind you, um, I'm not involved in the decision-making process. <laughs> not affiliated with the club in any way, shape or form. I have no sphere of influence. Um, so to answer your question, I was led to believe that, that Ben picked up a knock in training. So that, that's what I've been led to believe, whether there's any truth in that. Who could tell? Right. Um, second question. Uh, Keita, Nabi Keita, yes. out of nowhere, started. Yes. Uh, what, what do we think? I think we, as, as always with Nabi, um, there were flashes. Um, <laughs> there, he, he, he has this unbelievable knack. He gives you just enough where you think, oh, he could be a player. Yeah, he'll change things here. <laughs> he, he inherited that number at church, you know. There, there's the player we saw at Leipzig in those YouTube videos. Yeah, I mean there was a lot of not good. I'm not denying that. <laughs> <laughs> so there is, but um, I mean I have a question for the two of you. Can you believe that flying a banner saying "Unity is strength, let's go Reds, you'll never walk alone" over the stadium didn't create any sort of emotion in the players that would garner a positive result? <laughs> yeah, I, I quite like the idea of that. You know, you, you can't get into the ground, but you still still want to send a message to the players. Let's fly a plane overhead whilst they're playing a game of football. Yeah, in the hope that the ball's maybe gone out and they can all look up at it. That's maybe where the money's going from that GoFundMe. Oh well, well, that's going to say. I have a couple of questions because this seems to happen like semi regularly in football. Who's the guy who sorts that out? Well, that's what I was going to. Ask actually, you know, what are the logistics of getting that organised? Because clearly, it's yeah. an easy thing to do. Yeah, because the thing as well with it is, it's free advertising. Because no matter what, Sky or whoever's showing the game always picks it up. No yeah. matter what's written on it, they always do. So I reckon we should get one together. Absolutely, um, we should we should start a GoFundMe page if anyone wants yeah. to contribute. We'll we'll fly uh, under the, let go listen to the Under the Floodlights podcast above the Brighton fixture next week. Oh my days! <laughs> let's right, let's make it happen. Let's start a campaign now. Over the Amex. 
Oh, I'm I'm actually raging now that Brighton Palace has been played. That would have been a great one over the A23 Derby. <laughs> so <laughs> that feisty affair with all those fans so on the motorway. One thing I did pick up on the Liverpool game is quite a random lineup, and I think we've now worked out Jurgen Klopp's lottery That's numbers terrible. that he picks out during the week. Because I'm looking at some of these numbers. So obviously with the Nets, Allison won. Phillips, 47. Williams, 46. Robertson, 26. Jota, 20. Salah, 11. Shakiri 23. These are just his lottery numbers during the week. Mm. He's got a machine in the change room going, I've no idea who I'm picking this week. And let the machine decide and I can't be blamed. Yeah, Nico Williams must have been a bit of a random number as well yeah. at right back. Oh, 76. 76. Can we actually discuss this, right? If you're in the, if you're in the squad, you're 1 to 25. You're not 76. You're not 62, <laughs> like the goalkeeper, Kelleher. You know, it, it, it is a farce because, you know, England used to be great for this because every other league had all these nonsense numbers, like 91 for the striker and all this. Come on. Chris, at this rate, you could get number two for Liverpool. Well, indeed. Yeah, if you could so play looking going, I'd, I'd take him at this rate, Darren. When's the next time Liverpool are going to score a goal? You mentioned this earlier in, <laughs> during the game between Liverpool well, and Fulham of the slaughter never scoring obvious, another goal. Yeah, obviously I want this podcast to hit all of the, the key SEO clickbait trigger points that, that we need to you know to perform well on the analytics side of things. So I'm going to answer your question by saying never. They will never score again. Um, uh, yes. <laughs> Darren um, Scott heated. Heated. Heated argument. Um, no, I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, I, don't, I don't know Liverpool's next. I think they play Wolves next week. Um, yeah, they, they play Leipzig in the Champions League first. and they'll, they'll Oh, yeah, well, you've, that, they've got that big lad. Up oh, uh, or whatever, he'll give you another one. Oh, I <laughs> Um, oh, I tell you, it's so annoying. Liverpool are just getting trolled all over the place at the moment. It is irritating. Do you see Crew Alexandra on TikTok? It's, I, it's, well, well, first of all, of course I didn't. But second of all, uh, what what uh, what do they do? They put they made like a a TikTok video. I mean, I hope that's the right way. I, crew. I assume, yeah, Crew yeah. Alexandra have their own TikTok, and it's it's basically. Um, it says there's a caption that says team English teams who have scored more goals at home than Liverpool this year. It's then a video oh, of Divock Origi uh, hitting the post, yes. and then just a list of of English teams that have scored more goals than them. Um, there was I'm also like that, that Crew the, Alexandra. Crew Alexandra. There was also that um, Everton girl. Do you remember before the Derby yeah. made that yeah. horrible <laughs> video of like we will thrash you to? Is that a Queen song? Oh my god! Like, like Liverpool are just getting trolled all over the place at the moment. <laughs> so, so, See, I, sorry, I know, well, I know they've got a good youth academy, but I don't think Crew Alexandra have any stock in any form of life to be mm-hmm. roasting Liverpool. But, but again, your place. Th- there's a placement student who's hit the click quota that they had to for that week. Oh no, that's not just the week. They'll be writing that. F- where they're like uni placement logs, being like, oh, I once trolled Liverpool and the numbers went through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the biggest problem Liverpool have. Forget scoring goals and different things. You're a laughing stock. Yeah, um, just taking the piss out of you. Yeah, Liverpool also played Chelsea this week, uh, losing 1-0 and Mason <clears> Mount goal. Um, that I think makes it 10 unbeaten for Tuchel since he's come in. Is that correct? Hasn't been... 
Hasn't been beaten, yeah, correct. Uh, Bit of Mason Mount propaganda, what a guy. <laughs> scoring scoring against Liverpool and giving us a Dragon Ball Z celebration. Just being a chilly. I know that was. That's what that was. Honestly. <laughs> and then, of course, straight on the Instagram with a, with an edit of it. <laughs> he was? <laughs> yeah. Oh, of course. How many like, likes can I get on this? Oh Football doesn't matter. Like, can, we, can we just, yeah. <laughs> Can we just make clear again that we are roughly the same age as these people? Like, Dragon Ball... Be a footballer! <laughs> no, well, no, because no, I quite like this, obviously. I'm going to back me. Of course, of course you do. He, because he's a good lad and I don't like to see people troll him. Uh, <laughs> but, but he said in his interview after that the reason for it is that on uh, away trips, Kurt Zuma quite likes to watch a bit of Dragon Ball Z. And him and Chili sit behind Kurt on the plane watching him What's Dragon Balls? <laughs> so they thought it'd be funny to do for I, Big Kurt while he sat on the bench. To be fair to Mason, 572,000 likes. <laughs> See, he's killing it. It can't be he's bad to that. absolutely killing it. It can't be bad to that. It doesn't um, give you a friend though, does it? 500,000 likes? It doesn't. Yeah. What's that? Wow. Well, it does, because his good mate, uh, Declan, from who plays for West Ham tweeted, "Oh, hopefully this ends the Mason Mount slander, which got eighty thousand likes." So- <laughs> who, who was slandering me? Everyone loves the guy. Like, yeah, <laughs> Chris, that is what we have to do. Like, as fans of Chelsea, we we have to just chuck out as much propaganda about this lad as possible. I was actually glad during the week to see Marcus Alonso drop for Ben Chilwell. I just like the look of Ben yeah, like, in the team. Come better. on. Yeah, like so. I do. Uh, Kovacic was one of those for me. I stopped liking him as a footballer whenever Frank got the sack, but he he started to win me over during the week. Whenever for no reason at all, he decided to boot the ball at Sadio Mane's head. Yeah, <laughs> I recall a similar thing happening years ago uh, in a Manchester United game, and I think Alex Ferguson was it Van Persie. Yeah, Van and Van Alex Ferguson said he could have died. Um, yes, who did it? Ah, oh, I can't remember. I think it was Ashley Williams. It was uh, one of the Swansea boys. Um, obviously, at time of recording, Chelsea haven't played um, their fixture yet this game week. They play Everton uh, on Monday night. Um, so all of this could be uh, out of date by the time the podcast comes out. But, uh, Bailey, I suppose my question to you is, as much as everyone hated to see Frank go, and, and I think the three of us collectively, and I'll speak for all of us, um, <laughs> thought that it, you know that's not the right decision that's not the, the way to run a football club um i don't know if i well well chris i was speaking for all of us all right <laughs> <Seven>. <laughs> um do like when you look back on this now and getting rid of him and Tukal coming in and, and him clearly finding some way to get more out of this group of players is the decision justified or vindicated I think it has been to a certain extent but one of the weird things about the roman abramovich era in general, is that Chelsea have got results, but there's always been this like looming thing over Abramovich wants to see good football. And as good a shape and good tactically as Tuchel is, Chelsea don't play exciting football anymore. Like, under Frank Lampard, Chelsea, if they were 1-0 up, would look like they were still going to lose that game in the 90th minute, no matter what. They've just let teams remain in it. Whereas Tuchel has made this team boring again but boring in a good, good way that like this team will guarantee you under two and a half goals every game two calls in because 
Liverpool didn't look like scoring at all the other night. Chelsea got their one goal and were kind of just happy to knock it about, play some good passing football, and then the ball gets somewhere near Timo Werner because the club have spent £50 million on him, so have to force him to put the ball in the back of the net, and the guy is just cursed. Well, that's what I was going to say. That's how I'm going to judge Thomas Tuchel in his role. I don't care what trophies he wins. If he turns Timo Werner into a striker that scores goals, that that and then and only then is when I'm going to be converted to this guy. Well, th- yeah, this is the strange thing. Again, going back to like last summer, they brought in, after... A good year for Mason Mount and Tammy Abraham, who I think got 15 league goals last year, to then bring in a German striker and a German attacking midfielder, and now to try and force Timo to put the ball in the back of the net whilst Tammy's being kind of shoved aside and being told, oh no, you're not doing things correctly enough for me, whilst Timo consistently misses the target, Mm. is just bizarre for me. Do you think Tammy will get fed up? I know he was linked with West Ham a couple of weeks ago. Oh, was he? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's getting close, I think, because there's been talk of other strikers coming in and nonsense like that. And then there was talk of Havertz playing a false nine. The top four race is like, um, I don't know if you've noticed, it's um, it's going to be very tight, um, suffice to say. Chelsea are on 47. Everton are on 46. Spurs are on 45. West Ham are on 45, Liverpool are on 43, and Villa, with Grealish to come back, are on 40. Which also a couple of so, teams have a few games in hand, West Ham and Villa, yeah. and get uh, Everton as well have a couple in hand. Um, you, know, you know, can you imagine if Spurs ended up finishing fourth, like what that would do for everyone in their opinion of Jose? It would just be a, a nightmare, and everyone would have to revert to, and you know, forget everything they've said for the past six months. Well, I think <laughs> one of the big reasons that you know, Gareth Bale's back, he was frozen out. He's now back in the team. He's back in the goals. Well, according to Mourinho and Bale, uh, he was never unhappy and never frozen out. He was just getting there, you know, on six hundred grand a week. Oh yeah, this so. is that. This is the ultimate like Mourinho spin of oh yeah, I, I've been leaving him out on purpose. I've I've been waiting to get this reaction out of him. Well, I think the problem that Spurs have, and this is the problem that a lot of these teams who are kind of outside looking in at the moment have, is just the number of teams that you listed, Chris, that are. In contention, it's a serious amount. I mean, like yeah. Everton are so good. Carlo Ancelotti is incredible. What he's got out <laughs> of that team. Um, West Ham are having an unbelievable season. Um, I think Liverpool. I think it's fair to say are out of it. Um, <laughs> not based on where they are currently, but just because not points, yeah. just yeah. momentum. Yeah, you just you can't see them yeah, getting momentum. enough points between now and the end of the season with with yeah. the players mm-hmm. that they've got in the form that they're in. Um, Villa. Villa were looking really good and have had a couple of not great runs. It's good. And... got injured. Yeah. So that was, that's the issue. Yeah. That and was he, yeah. a disgusting game between them and Wolves. That was <laughs> awful what was shown on TV. That was up there with that West Brom Newcastle game today. <laughs> West Brom Newcastle is officially the worst possible fixture in the Premier League this season. Yeah. 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 Best league in the world. We've got two of those. <laughs> Um, speaking of Newcastle, uh, Bailey, you oh. wanted to touch on a on an incident that went on within the Newcastle camp in the last um, since we last uh, recorded. Uh, unbelievable stuff! What's going on with the Toon Army? Obviously, the boys are in a in a rough patch. Callum Wilson's out, St. Maximum's out. You're you're looking for other boys to step up, and the exact opposites happened. Like the boys are just in a in a rut of form, and Steve Bruce is starting to call out players, and a few of them 
aren't happy after he, he called out uh, Matt Ritchie last weekend after the game. And Ritchie was obviously unhappy that his managers like chewed him out in public in the press conference. And apparently after the game, he, he phoned Steve Bruce and told him he wanted to have it out then and there, according to this article. Uh, Bruce said he would speak to him at training on Tuesday, which apparently caused Ritchie further irritation. And then uh, the assistant boss, whenever they were at, at, at training, the assistant boss was sent to the training pitch to get Matt Ritchie to say, Steve's ready to see you now. And Matt Ritchie has apparently refused and said he would not be speaking to that card again. Uh, <laughs> Steve Bruce then apparently emerged to confront Ritchie, and this is whenever their incredible exchange unfolded. <laughs> From the Daily Mail. Uh, let me just find it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the journalist has been told that Bruce was shoulder barging in the Ritchie, but the player did not retaliate physically. The 60 year old was allegedly infuriated by Ritchie calling him a card and said to him, After all I've done for you. Richie then apparently turned back to him and said, you've done fuck all for me. And then told, <laughs> told Steve Bruce he was done done with him. Steve Bruce was then uh, apparently said, what are you going to do? Tell Lee Charnley, who is apparently, who's the chairman at Newcastle. Like the entire incident is just seriously amateur stuff. And then you scroll down the article a bit and it goes on about how uh, John Joe Shelby done an interview this week over FaceTime where he, he was praising Steve Bruce and the other players apparently uh, put in the WhatsApp group saying, you look like a hostage. <laughs> so apparently apparently the Newcastle players have a group chat that like the staff don't know about. And apparently anytime there's a Steve Bruce story, they just put the link into the chat and I'll laugh about it. What a club. I mean, for me, it just comes back to the, the conversation. And this has gone on a few times this year with, um, you know, players being dropped from professional football, fantasy football teams and all this sort of stuff. But how does this information come out? Well, well that's that the, the story, reason. Yeah, so the, apparently this is the reason why they all aren't happy because there's different stories coming between the players and management as to who's leaking information. So the players aren't happy because certain team news has come out early about goalkeepers i think the brav get played this weekend and he has oh i because they're his first yeah yeah it was his first starting forever and yeah. apparently bruce leaked according to the players bruce leaked this team news early which they aren't happy about that's a big bruce, claim that is a that's big a claim massive claim to say that but then obviously part. it goes the other way whenever uh bruce probably thinks that the players leak this bust up to the media like it's a toxic situation yeah so it's just everyone standing in a circle pointing fingers at each other it's just all the spider-man meme <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm trying to like go through that new, the, the newcastle squad right now going who's who looks like a tight out of that lot i'm gonna move us swiftly onwards before we get ourselves in some hot water <laughs> no nah, no i'm gonna say i'm gonna double down it's one of the long staffs if not both <laughs> <laughs> right okay well i mean that settles it obviously um, <laughs> some, something that we did say that we, we probably wanted to mention is um, you know, the handball law has um, been something that's oh, been yeah. talked about and tweeted about a lot in the last sort of couple of weeks. There have been a few different incidents of um, footballs striking arms and hands of humans um, and some referees saying that's, a, that's an offence and other referees saying that's not an offence. I guess what really sparked this conversation was uh, Tottenham against Fulham. 
uh, Davidson Sanchez tries to clear a ball in his own box. It strikes the hand of Lamina, uh, a Fulham midfielder, whose hand was in contact with his thigh, glute maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, so really as low as it can be um, from a, again, I'm no expert on anatomy, but the, ha- the hand couldn't be in more of a natural position. Um, struck the hand, <laughs> fell, I think, to Josh Madger, who kicked it into the net for a full equaliser. The goal was disallowed, citing handball. Um, it seemed a little harsh. I think um, Stockley Park have since come out and said that was the wrong decision. And there were rumours that the I'm Premier shocked. League had a conversation with referees about changing the law the handball law again or the interpretation of that law but then doubled down and said it's not actually because of the Lamina incident <laughs> and, 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 and then the day after Eric Peters for Burnley in the box with his arm completely at a 90 degree angle stops the ball with his hand and it's not a penalty this is against Pepe Nicolas Pepe correct yes from, from Arsenal yeah his, like, hand, his hand outside his body um, Pepe flicks the ball like, past him and his hand <laughs> stops it going and then, yeah, yeah it's wild it's just a joke it's wild yeah, what, what a sport we watch I, I, a few of the decisions though I've seen it comes back to I remember we, we said earlier in the season after some of the shambles of handballs that were given we were just like why can players just flick it up on the people's arms and that's kind of what Pepe did to a certain extent a little, a little bit but to the same point if his hand's yeah. not there Pepe has gone past him Mm. Like no, I, you're saying, I, 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 that I but he also stopped. He, he yeah. did stop it. Like, like I think it was totally deliberate. Yeah, I get the the idea of you know you don't want to get into the case where you can just kick the ball at somebody's hand and get a penalty. Obviously, you don't want that. But if somebody's hand is above their head, which they've told them all season that it's not allowed to be there, if the ball <laughs> hits your hand, and and the frustrating thing is not that one's given them what. The frustrating thing is just that it seems to change. Week to week, and I said this to you guys in our group chat. Yeah. I think we just need to go amateur league. It's just whoever shouts loudest gets the call. Uh, uh, well, yeah, Lacazette will definitely start getting calls then. <laughs> yeah, as as match of the day made it very clear. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll just want to comment on Joss Madge's one. As as much as I don't think that was a handball, anything to stop that guy scoring goals after that Sunderland documentary where he lied to an old lady's face. <laughs> <laughs> So for anyone who didn't watch Sunderland Till I Die Series 2, oh, Madger was on, was on fire for Sunderland and at the, uh, at the local council Christmas lights switch on, an old lady said, you promise me you won't leave this year? And he went, oh yeah, of course. He then proceeded to leave for France a month later for significantly higher wages. Well, what's he expected to tell that woman in his defence? <laughs> Just it's, blank her. That's, that's brilliant. Because like, that's, that's on Netflix. You know, it's... it's yeah, no, I, I'm totally with you, uh, Billy. I mean, that's, it's so conflicting from your point of view, Chris, as well. Because, like, in theory, if you think about it and you kind of go through the levels, if Josh Madger scores that goal, Fulham have a point, that puts Brighton in the relegation zone at time recording this episode. Like... But you, you just don't want anyone to win. That's your problem. <laughs> the one thing I will say about, I, I don't know if you guys clocked this, Scott Parker today, that jacket was a disgrace. <laughs> I loved it. Padded blazer. It looked like a sleeping bag. It, it looked like some Star Wars. I loved it. <laughs> I, I, it, it. It didn't work for me. It didn't work for me, Darren. And um, a puffer like, jacket. I, I know I'm really a fashion guru, but yeah. yeah. No, I, I quite like, because he, he, has a, he has a black one of those for whenever they play at home. I quite like that he changes it up for away fixtures. What's but, all about him? 
but the effort it must take to like ensure that the collar is just half out but not fully out <laughs> and doesn't come fully out like how do you do that you know but aside, that aside i am actually a, a fan of scott parker and if they can sort that camera angle out i have no uh, opposition to them staying in the league for many years to come <laughs> um bailey in the mud <laughs> well, I want to start out first. Like we took last week off, and a few listeners got involved, and, mm. and a few of them are in the mud for what they sent me. So uh, last week, <laughs> Wayne Lineker posted on his Instagram that he was engaged to fellow <laughs> celebs, one of the fellow celebs go dating contestants, Chloe. Unfortunately, for some of our listeners, this was fake news, and they took the bait. But. <laughs> It's one of those things. I think if you like ask me, whenever we started this, did I think we would be getting sent Instagram posts about Zed Listers getting engaged on an E4 reality show? I'd be like, that's not the direction this podcast is going. But it absolutely has. I love it. Yeah, garbage. God, I'm glad we've gone there as well. God, if we actually had to talk about football every week, jeez. <laughs> Let's talk about celebs go dating. But anyway, mainly. Uh, in the mud this week is the Chinese Super League, uh, which yes. years ago uh, emerged as one of football's financial heavyweights, uh, but is currently on the verge of bankruptcy. Uh, this is in part due to the excess of clubs and also with the knock-on effects of the coronavirus pandemic and leaving Chinese football in general in a state. So uh, right. last Sunday, the company that owns reigning champions at I realised whenever I was writing about this that I'm going to have to pronounce the names of Chinese clubs and I'm about to get myself cancelled. Right, go, go, uh, go on. But, but reigning champions Jiangsu Sunning Quite announced that you. it would uh, cease its football operations with immediate effect. Uh, and interestingly, the owners also oh. own Inter Milan. So this actually could find its way to Italy and play a big role in uh, their title race but anyway the club uh, were among the richest clubs in China and according to uh, and were a rags the richest story after securing promotion from the third tier to eventually lift the Chinese Super League title but that uh, success has not proven enough as debt has mounted up so there's been like huge transfers for Alex Teixeira former Liverpool target uh, he was 50 million euros in 2016 uh, went there for money rather than going to Liverpool to like, try and show any form of ambition um, they also bought Ramirez from Chelsea for 30 million euros they were also the club that in principle reached an agreement with Gareth Bale before Real Madrid oh, yes. decided no on this uh, but the the collapse of this club's actually the latest in like a domino effect that's kind of started after the Chinese government got involved and kind of put rules in on foreign players coming to the league for massive transfer fees, uh, obliging that clubs have to match any transfer fee with the same amount in a payment direct to the Chinese yes. Football Association. So we're clearly yeah. unhappy with the influx. And one of the more high-profile cases was that of Carlos Tevez, who became the world's highest paid player when he moved to Shanghai. Uh, when Tevez left, uh, amid criticism of his fitness levels, the Argentinian described his stay in the league as a holiday. <laughs> Another factor actually in the demise of the league was that they've imposed a salary cap on players of 3 million euros. So that's kind of led to a big exodus of foreign stars like Teixeira, Hulk, 
a Gallo Rondon Pella. So I kind of wanted to look at, you know, the last great season of uh, wages in the Chinese Super League. And there's some cracking names on this list. So there is. <laughs> so just, just having a look at it. And all these figures are in Euros. So at the bottom of this was Moussa Dembele, formerly of Spurs, on 150,000. Uh, Rondon and Hamshik are both on 170,000. Alex Teixeira was on 210,000. Nice. Marco Arnautovic, Chris, 230,000 nice. euros a week. Uh, outdone by Marwan Fellini, 240,000. Oh. Uh, uh, Paulinho, 270. Uh, <laughs> and there's great names above him. Stefan El Shirawi, uh, remember FIFA 12 legend, uh, was on, was on 290,000 a week. Uh, Graziano Pella, uh, formerly of Southampton, also on 290,000 a week. Uh, Hulk, 320,000. Bakambu, 375,000. And then, uh, for, former Chelsea player Oscar, 450,000 euros a week. Wow. What's the tax situation in China? Well, I, I imagine these boys are in some offshore funds coming with this kind of money wow. because, yeah, no wonder this league's like in the dirt because you cannot be paying players of that level, of that calibre, that kind of money. Like, that is disgraceful. Yeah, well, certainly not if it... The Premier League, you're, you bring the high-profile players to the league, you pay them a high salary, and they attract global attention, mm. eyes on screens, which then create more money for the Premier League and justify There's not going to be the same eyes on screens for the Chinese Super, super League. Yeah, because you think as well, the Premier League, you know, it comes with the revenues of people watching and stuff and shirt sales. If you even, like, go to, like, you know, the, the Club World Cup, none of this lot ever make it. Mm. That kind of money, you'd be expecting them to at least make a run for that kind of competition. Yeah, it's it's just you know I it's it's just great to see that the world's preeminent superpower can't just buy everything, um, and can't become the best at something just by plowing a load of money at it at the expense of all of its citizens and the denial of many human rights abuses of many of its own people. So um, so I think it's it's great that this has come to a, a screeching halt, and especially for Mister Arnautovic. Who absolutely did <laughs> West Ham United over and then apparently tried to come crawling back in the January transfer window by his brother. <laughs> um, enjoy your pension, son, and see you later. <laughs> I love that. No love lost with him, Chris. I do actually respect that quite a bit. Well, I'm I'm excited to see where like Graziano Pella is gonna rock up to. You oh, know, I, I imagine like, I, I wanna see this lot like Peter Odom Wingy style turning up outside training grounds and their Range Rovers. <laughs> Just looking jobs, <laughs> but, but you know, it, it, it's just a great, another great example of you know, despite the fact that half of their billion people are in poverty, and uh, you know, well, listen, before this gets too political, uh, I'll, I'll <laughs> bring this to an end. Um, obviously, thank you very much um, to both of you guys for for being here. We did take a week off um, last week. Um, I think now that we will be straight through until the international break, which I believe is at the end of March, start of April time. Uh, if and that then, goes ahead. If, that, if that's allowed to go ahead. Um, and then after that, I believe we're going to be weekly until the end of the season. It's going to be a bit of a, a slog to the end. Way! <laughs> so it is. Well, we just um, do this until Man City win. Yeah, well, I'm, listen, I'm definitely taking off the 
fifth to the or the sixth to the eleventh of um, April is Masters weekend, so I'll not be here for that week. Um, but, uh, you see that international that international break is going to be brilliant because it's going to be so affected by COVID that Brazil is going to have to rely on the players who are from the place where the stadium is. They're going to have to just get people off the Copacabana to play for them. Yeah, yeah. If you <laughs> want to get, get a game, well, um, we're kind of out of time, so I don't know if. We'll go into this, but there was also, uh, very quickly, um, Egypt this week announced their intention to call Mohamed Salah up to their Olympic squad. Um, now, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to be very frank. Um, if, if you think that Liverpool can't say no to uh, letting a, p- a player who they pay £220,000 a week to to go and play in a glorified under-23s international friendly competition Whoa. not recognised by FIFA, then you are out of your mind. There is no way on God's green earth Mohamed Salah should have to go and play in that joke of a competition. Honestly. I'm Marcelo Bielsa, won it? Sure. Well... <laughs> nominee for coach of the year of course of course listen boys thank you very much cheers gents see you next week